Okay. All right. Good morning, everybody, again. I'm doing good. Oh, I should have had you model the sweatshirts. Look at that. I should have, should have had you stand up. I'm still, okay. So Joanna, she's going to stand up and model. They all have the sweatshirts on, so stand up, stand up. See, these are the sweatshirts that you can, you got to turn around so they can see the logo. So that's the sweatshirt if you want to get one. There you go. They're beautiful. And Aaliyah has a nice one of the tie-dye ones on. Jen has the non-hooded. They came prepared to show off and be models. So those are the sweatshirts that you can order should you want one. So that, I did not notice that when I first did the announcement. So I can't preach in one. I mean, maybe I could. I could if, I'm, if you're giving me the okay, I will. So anyway, that's enough discussion between me and Joanna. We're going to proceed on here. So as I said, Christmas is right around the corner, right? Can you believe it? It's crazy to think about one week, as I said in the announcements, one week till Christmas Eve. So I thought it was time, since we're about a week out, to give everybody a little survey, and let's see how we're doing. Anybody have all their shopping done? All right. Next question. Do all of you have all your shopping done for me? What am I getting here, man? Is there a Steelers jersey? Great, I was looking for something to burn at the next bonfire. All right, there we go. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, thinking about us. Vegetables? Oh, I can burn those too. So, all right, let's see. Who has at least half their shopping done? If you don't have it all, do you at least have half done? All right, we're, all right, all right, all right. Okay, how about wrapping? Anybody have all the wrapping done? All right, I'm pretty impressed with you. All right, now truly, how many of you haven't started doing anything at all? All right. Who has the Christmas card sent? All right. All right, now I'm just going to stop the list there because I can tell the more I ask the questions, probably the more stress is being added as you realize the things that you haven't done yet and that you still need to complete this week. So I'm giving you a week advance. No, you got a week to get these things done. And you can't, I mean, at least get it in the mail so then you at least have the excuse to say, well, the mail people, they lost it. I, I put it in the mail. I'm not sure what happened to it. But you see, we, we go through all these preparations for Christmas. And, and we're in this time now we call the Advent season. And I always love the Advent time as a way of kind of preparing ourselves for Christmas. To, to get our minds kind of refocused out of the things of the world and on to the things of the Word and the things of Christmas. We've already looked at the idea of the hope that comes from Christmas. We, we talked last week about the love of Christmas. Today we're going to look at joy, and then next week we'll look at peace and light. All that help focus us to get us thinking about, okay, what really is Christmas all about? Sometimes we, I think we hear the Christmas story so many times that it, it kind of becomes just natural to us. We just kind of like forget all that we're, we're really learning through it, and it just becomes a story that we've heard a thousand times and it's just something that we just like, oh yeah, yeah, Christmas. We want to again realize 
what Christmas is. It's like, kind of like this story I heard of this girl who was quoting John 3.16 and says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only forgotten son. <laughs> and we're like, whoa. And maybe that's what Christmas is to us, but that is not where we want it to be. So let's open up with a word of prayer and see what God has for us this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ways in which we can center ourselves on Christmas. To think about the themes of Advent. To think about the hope, the love, the joy, the peace, and the light that comes into this world. Be with us now as we look into the experience of the shepherds and the message that was given to them. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to be looking in Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses kind of 8 through 20, getting this idea of of this message that came to the shepherds. I'm going to start, as I said, in verse 8, and it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. There will be for all people. For unto, this, un, for unto you this day in the city of David is the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as they had been told to them. So here we get this joyful news given to these shepherds. But before we get into this joyful season, I want us to look at it and be challenged by maybe the things that we let distract us from the Christmas season. And then there's really two big areas that we see that kind of rob us of this good news and great joy. I think the first one that we see as you look to Christmas is the commercialization of Christmas, right? Remember these commercials that start now showing up way before even Thanksgiving, right? I think my, I saw the first commercial way before Thanksgiving. And it's all these toys, right? These people are having this good time. And this is what we go through with kids, right? Kids, when they think about Christmas, what do they think about? Toys. What am I getting for Christmas? And look, there's nothing, I'm not, we're not anti-gifts. Don't, we're all about the gifts. But we see what the influence the world is having upon Christmas and, and taking its focus off of where it should be. And as we'll see in a little bit, it's taking us off the message that was given to the shepherds. I can remember as a kid, right, 
flipping through the catalogs. Now I guess they scroll through the catalogs on their screens, but whatever it was, you know, you turn the pages, circling the items on all these things you want. And then how many times do you not get what you want and you get disappointed? The famous story in our family is with our cousin, and it's Keith, who wanted a scooter for Christmas. And we hid the scooter so that he wouldn't get it right away. He opened all of his gifts, and there was no scooter, and the tears began to flow. Only for, now you're like, you guys are mean. It's okay. Later on, the scooter came out, he opened it up, and it was a fantastic and lovely Christmas for him. But what was he focused on? He was focused on this idea of getting this scooter, and that if he didn't get this one item, Christmas was ruined. And how many times do we have that mentality, right? If this doesn't go right, Christmas is over. I, it's a, it was the worst Christmas ever. That's because that's what the world is telling us about Christmas. I think the next thing we see, right, and we all feel this, the busyness, right? The parties you go to, the family you have to see. you got to see family. It's okay. Maybe family is another part of Christmas that you don't like, but it's okay. See your family. Spend time with them. The throwing the parties, the baking, the making, all the things that your schedule fills up with. And sometimes you get to Christmas and you're like, it just didn't feel like Christmas this year. Because we get so focused on all these outside things robbing us of the true joy and the true message that we're supposed to have. And we forget that message that we'll look at to those shepherds. We get wrapped up in these things, and it's a story that I've heard as I was researching this of a mother who was rapidly just hurrying, getting Christmas shopping done on Christmas Eve. She had her her three-year-old boy with her as they were going store to store. And at one point, the mother realizes and turns around, she's lost her kid. Panic sets in, and she looks around the store, and she finally finds him. He's at the, the, the window of the store staring at the manger scene, saying, look, Mommy, here's Jesus. She grabs him in a hurry and says, look, this is Christmas Eve. We're, we're in a hurry. We have no time for Jesus. Like, thinking about all these things and thinking, like, we don't have time for Jesus. we got to get all the shopping done for Christmas Eve. And we get lost in that busyness. We look through all these things, and we want to remember this word the angels gave to the shepherds. Jesus is the good news that brings great joy to us. All this happens when we remember this message to these shepherds. So here we go. We dive into this. And the one thing we realize as we look at this is that it's interesting that shepherds were brought this message. It says that they are out living in their fields nearby. Now, throughout the nation of Israel in their history, shepherds was a great job to have. We think about Abel, who was a shepherd, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David, all shepherds. But by the time we get to the part where Jesus is born, shepherds are really the outcasts of society. They're, they're kind of looked down upon. They're, they're seen as the, the lowest class of, of people. In fact, the Talmud, which is a collection of, of teachings of Jewish rabbis, it says these words about shepherds. It says, no help is to be given to heathens or shepherds. 
No help at all for these shepherds. When you think about these shepherds, they were, they were considered even unclean. They were, they were not allowed to attend the religious services in the temple. They were isolated and forgotten out on the, the far reaches of the city, out in those fields. They were often treated with contempt and mistrust. You couldn't trust a shepherd. Their testimony wasn't even allowed to be used in courts. They were known to be brash, bold, unappealing to most people. And these are the people, the group of people that God entrusts with the message of Christmas. But see, isn't this what God does all the time? Coming to those who feel like outcasts. Coming to those who are cast out of society. In fact, in Matthew chapter 9, he says, it says this, but those who are well have no need of a physician. But it's those who are sick. I have come to help those in need. The outcast. He came to people like Zacchaeus, to a tax collector like Matthew, to the prostitutes, to the demon-possessed, to the strangers, to the Samaritans. His ministry was to lift up those who were looked down upon and to give his great message of joy. I think Mary captures this in Luke chapter 1 as she's reflecting on all these things. And she says, He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Paul's going to say it this way in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. He says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were, were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even when things that are not to be brought to those who have nothing, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He understands where we are. He gets born in a manger, not in some great royal throne. And here he is giving this message of great hope, of great news, of great joy to these outcasts, to these shepherds. So here they are out keeping watch over their flock. If, we, if the, the Pharisees were writing this story, they would have probably said, there, there were the scribes checking their scrolls at night, and an angel appears to them. But instead, it is the shepherds. So let's see what we learn from this message given to the shepherds. First, we see that they were awed by this message. It says in Luke 2, verse 9, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They had this great awe, this terror as they see what is happening. It brought them to their knees to a place of worship before God. Peter had a similar response in Luke chapter 5 when he sees the Lord and what he has done in his miracles, and he says, Get away from me, Lord. For I am a sinful man. When we realize who God is, it puts us in our right standing before him. We, we realize that we aren't as good as we thought we were. We realize we are nothing without him. And when the shepherds see this, they are in awe of a, of a fear, not like in completely terror as they were terrified, 
but just in an awe of like, wow, this is awesome. So here they are, where they are not afraid of this message. Next we see that they accept this message. See, the shepherds were filled with awe, and now they accept this message. And the message was, he says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. He tells them this good news that is coming into this world of acceptance, forgiveness, and hope. This word literally comes from the word evangelize. The good news, accepting the good news here is the evangelism of what the shepherds are getting from the angels. They are getting the good news of Jesus Christ. This message, it says, will be for all people. I want you to notice that it's not just a message for a select group of people. It is a message that will be for all who come to accept the message of Jesus Christ. Now see, after getting this message, we see what they do next. They acted upon this message. So they have this reverence for this message. They have this acceptance of this message that comes to them, and then they act. See, they didn't just stay out in their fields. They didn't just say, wow, that angel's really said something great. I wonder what's going to happen. They got this message, and they understood the instructions that they are to go and see this baby. And that's what they do. It says in Luke 2, verse 16, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. The word hurried off there means that they literally went in haste, as it says. The idea is, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. You ever have, like, when you were hanging out with your buddies and kind of something awesome happened and you just wanted them to see it, and you're like, come on, come on, we got to go. Get on your bikes. We got to go see this thing. This lady fell. We got to go see her. It's awesome. Sorry, but that's sometimes that's what it is. Someone gets hurt, and you're like, we got to go see this. It's, it's amazing. All these things happen. And that's what they're saying here. There's, they know this is something important. An angel has appeared to them in the host, multitude of angels. And they say, we have to go. We have to go and see this message. See, they didn't doubt. They didn't delay. Instead, they got the message they went and they saw. The first thing they did was run to the city of Bethlehem. They wanted to see the baby with their own eyes. This baby born in a, in a smelly stable. Here are these outcasts, these unclean shepherds coming into this stable to see this baby lying in a manger. See, many commentators point out that maybe these possibly shepherds were actually watching sheep that were going to be used in Jerusalem's temple for sacrifice. And here they are leaving those sheep behind and going to see the true Lamb of God who would be sacrificed for his people. Here they were looking over these sheep, and now they come and see the true sheep, the true son of David, born in the city of David, who was promised long ago. But see, the other thing was, as they were acting, they didn't just stay in the stable. They didn't just stay with the baby Jesus. They went out, it says. 
It says they left and they shared their experience. They didn't just keep it to themselves. They went out and they shared this good news of great joy. It says that in in verse 17 there in Luke chapter 2, it says, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. They had this experience. They had this life with this new baby boy, and they couldn't keep it in. They knew they had to go out and share this message with those that God was going to bring into their lives. And then we see they also adored, and what we would call worship. They returned back to their fields, and it says that they worshipped him. In verse 20, it says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Can you imagine the stories that they were relating to people? They're there and they're saying, hey, we were just out in our our fields just watching our sheep and then all of a sudden the sky lit up. And there were angels and the angels told us about this message of great joy. And they told us we had to go into Bethlehem. We had to go see this, this Savior that was born. And then they're like, well, then we got to the stable. We went to the place, and it wasn't a great place. It was just a stable like any other place, dirty and dark. But we saw the mother there caring for this child. We saw the dad there caring for this child. And we worshipped him. And, And then we left and went back, and we thought about all we had, and we knew we wanted to share this story with you. That's what they were doing going through and relating all that they had experienced that day. See, when we fail to worship, we lose the Christmas joy in our lives. When we fail to realize all that Jesus came to do, we lose that Christmas joy. We we want to take on this role as these shepherds. I'm sure these shepherds for the rest of their lives It wasn't the same. I think they were completely different after this encounter with these angels and experiencing the baby Jesus. And they went and made sure everybody knew what they had experienced. We get wrapped up in the the busyness and the buying and all these things, and we lose the focus. We lose this message of great joy. See, we aren't in awe by the message of God anymore. Do we accept the good news? Do we act on what we know to be true? And do we worship God with all that we have in our lives? And as we said, though, the message did not end with the shepherds. As it said, the angel said that it was to be good news for all people. And as I thought about the reaction of the shepherds, I started to think about, other people in the New Testament. So I wanted to share some other people who had this similar experience, I think, with the shepherds. I mentioned before, think about Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus is here. He's just doing his tax collecting. He gets word of the Savior, Jesus, coming into town. He starts to get excited, right? 
Maybe he's heard messages. He's heard whispers about this man, Jesus. And he knows he's got to see him. But what's Zacchaeus' problem? I don't have this problem, but what's his problem? He's short. Some of you got this problem. He's short. So he knows he's got to climb up to a tree just to see Jesus. And what's his experience with Jesus? Jesus sees him and calls him out. He says, you know what, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to be with you. I'm going to have dinner at your house. And what does Zacchaeus do? He acts upon it. He hosts Jesus. He tells Jesus, I'm going to completely change my ways. Any money that I'm taking, I'm going to give back double. My life isn't going to be the same. I thought more about this, and I thought about two blind men. We saw blind men in the skip before us. And in Matthew 9, Jesus is going around and he's walking through a city and these blind men call out in Matthew 9, Jesus, have mercy upon us. And he says, do you believe that I can heal you? And they say, yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be done. And then in verse 31 is the key. It says, but they went and spread his fame throughout the district. Now before that verse says there that they went and spread, do you know what it says in the verse before that? Anybody know? Yeah, Jesus says, don't. They disobeyed Jesus. Let that wrestle in your own mind for you a little bit. But yeah, he tells them not to. But they said, no, no, we got to share. We have to share what we just experienced with Jesus. They were given a message of great joy that they could see, and they let others know it. What about a man healed from a demon in Mark chapter 5? As Jesus is getting on and off the boat and crossing over the sea, he goes out and he heals this man who is demon-possessed. And then this demon-possessed man who is healed, he wants to go with Jesus. He says, hey, I want to go with you back on the other side. Jesus tells him this in verse 20. He says, and he went away and began to proclaim, because Jesus said, no, you stay here, and you proclaim the message here to the people. These experiences that people are having with Jesus, getting this message of great joy, of sight, of being healed from a demon, and they're acting upon this, and they're going and sharing this great message of joy. Think about the Samaritan woman, right? The, the woman at the well, who, who Jesus talks about with all her struggles with men. All that she's been seeking in, in satisfaction. And Jesus calls her out and he talks about it. And when she goes back, she goes back into the city with great joy. She says, come here. Come with me, everybody. Come and see this man who has told me everything I've ever done in my life. One, think about her going into the city and, and telling other people to, to come and follow her out to Jesus. She was an outcast. She was looked down upon in their society. But she said, come, come with me and, and meet this man who told me everything I'd ever done. All these people having the same reaction to the shepherds, getting this message of joy, whether it was through healing, whether it was through teaching. And they didn't just keep it to themselves. 
they went off and shared this great news with others. And I want to share with you one last one from Matthew 28. As he's going through the, 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 the resurrection now, Jesus is raised from the dead and, and the women come to the grave. They come to the grave and they get this message from an angel. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 7. It says, Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See as he has told you. And then in verse 8 it says, So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. Ran to tell the disciples, and behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And he came up and took hold of them, and he worshipped them. Here they have angels appearing to a group of people again. Angels appearing to the women as they're coming to the tomb. And this time with a different message of great joy. First time they come and the angels are proclaiming a great message of great joy for the birth of their Savior. And now as these women are coming to mourn what they see as the death of this Savior, there is another news of great joy. And there is a great joy that, you know what, that tomb that you're about to enter is empty. And your Savior is risen from the dead. And what are they told to do? Go and tell others. So as we reflect on this, these thoughts of Christmas, as we think about the message given to these people from angels of a, of a place of being in awe, of a reverent fear before God, and then accepting this message from him. Accepting the message to go to where he has called us to go. And then departing and, and sharing that message with others. All of that leading us to a place of adoration and a place of worship. I think if we reflect on these messages in all these different ways, we'll come back to the, 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 the thoughts that we should have of Christmas. Not of, of the gifts and the things and the parties and the busyness, but reflecting on a Savior who came into this world with a great message of joy. He, he lived the, the perfect life that we couldn't live. He died on a cross. But then there was another message of great joy, that the tomb was empty. And I think if we reflect on those things, we will find that joy of Christmas. I want to invite the worship team to come on up as we get ready to close our time for today. And I want you to think about, I want you to think about, have you accepted that message in the first place? Have you gotten to the place where you understand that your sin separates you from a loving God? See, have any of you ever lied? Then that's enough to separate you from God. Well, I have good news. Good news of great joy. That Jesus came into this world living the perfect life that we can't live. He died on the cross taking on the punishment that we deserve. For the Bible says, for the wages of sin 
is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So if you perish from this world and you don't understand and you don't accept the message of Jesus, you will spend eternity separated from Him in hell. But the good news of great joy that there is a way to find at the feet of the cross and to have that great joy that comes from the acceptance of that message that was given to those shepherds that first Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the good news of great joy that was given to the shepherds. As it said, that would be for all people. Lord, help us to, to, to lay aside the distractions of this world. To look to the one who brings the hope, the love, the joy, and the peace and light into this world. Help us to remember Christ this Christmas day. We pray all this in Jesus' name.